Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show. Time for Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two of the show. We rank our favorite fantasy baseball league formats as well as hear from one of the potential closers in baseball. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Frank Stample. We got an update coming here in just a couple of minutes from Dan Strafford. A lot to get to here on the show in case you missed it. Resetting the top story of the day. Houston Astros uh, team in West Palm Beach, Florida, speaking about the sign-stealing scandal of which uh, Jim Crane, their owner, made several comments, answered a lot of questions. Dusty Baker as well. Quick statements from Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman, much better handled inside the clubhouse where some of the players were a little bit more forthright, but Frank in general not getting a lot of love, I think, from the baseball community today. Yeah, poor job here by the Houston Astros again. This was their opportunity to come off as sincere uh, and show contrition, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, One of the quotes that really stood out to me from Jim Crane when he was asked about the teams that he faced in 2017, would he like to say anything to those teams? He said, quote, our opinion is this didn't impact the game. We had a good team. We won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. So uh, really just upsetting here from a baseball perspective for the Houston Astros organization. I know a lot of the players have come out and spoke in the clubhouse and by all accounts everything I've seen there is they've done a much better job with this but I really thought it was a poor uh, way that Jim Crane handled this uh, this entire uh, press conference today here Craig yep no doubt about that coming up next we are going to get into some of the fantasy rankings of leagues we play in not the players but the actual leagues this should be a fun discussion can't wait to get to it next Craig Mission, Frank Stanfield, before we hit this quick update from Dan Strafford. Sports Grid News Update. A day of inquiries and questions in Astros camp as ownership and players face the music for their 2017 cheating scandal. Astros owner Jim Crane said the Astros felt their cheating didn't affect the games. Quote, this didn't impact the game. We had a good team. We won the World Series, end quote. Multiple players also commented on the 2017 team. Carlos Correa went on record saying that no buzzers were used in 2019. Jose Altuve pointed to the investigation not finding any evidence of buzzers being used. Sure, that will be a story to track throughout spring training. Boston second baseman Dustin Pedroia will not be reporting to spring training on Monday. The rest of the Red Sox position players will be there to start the week, but not so with Pedroia. He did suffer a setback with his surgically repaired left knee last month. Mariners outfielder Mitch Hanniger has no concrete return timetable. He had a sports hernia surgery earlier this month. 
and is not ready to start swinging a bat. James Paxton, a former Mariner and current Yankee, said that he will be cleared to throw in four to six weeks. Paxton underwent surgery to remove a cyst from his spine earlier this month. White Sox catcher Yasmani Grandal was diagnosed with a left calf strain. Grandal's MRI revealed only a minor strain, though the injury is still expected to keep him out at least the first week of Cactus League games. Rich Hill has begun throwing program and hopes to make his Twins debut in early June. Hill did undergo primary and revision surgery on his left elbow in October and is expected to miss the first half of the season. And good news for Padres star Fernando Tatis Jr. He'll have no limitations during spring training. The Padres have no plans to move him to center field. In the NBA, as we ease on into the All-Star break, just two games on tap tonight. The Thunder take on the Pelicans in New Orleans, and the Clippers are in Boston to take on the Celtics. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your SportsGrid News Update. All right, thanks very much, Dan. Craig Mission, Frank Stanfield back with you here uh, on the show. And, Frank, I think one of the, the topics of discussion that we don't get to hit on nearly as much, I would say, is the idea of picking your favorite fantasy leagues, you know, and, and really just deciding which ones you want to participate in. For me, it's always the dynamic of having the time. You know, that's that's always the big thing. You know, how many can I manage over the course of the season? So I'd love to dive into that a little bit with you and have you kind of lead us off here with some of your favorite ways that you like to play fantasy baseball. Yeah, absolutely. So my favorite and my longest standing home league that I have that I play in is a head-to-head points 12-team snake draft. It is a keeper league. We keep four players. Uh, you keep you can keep a player for up to three years, uh, and they move up one round of value each year uh, from the year before where they were drafted. So it's a keeper league. It's a 12-team head-to-head points league. That's what I first started playing with. I've been in this league for 10, 11 years now, uh, and it's my favorite league, and it's a very competitive league, and it's with a bunch of my friends uh, back home as well. I understand that rotisserie is kind of uh, the traditionalist, view of fantasy baseball and you know that's where the money is at if we're being honest right in terms of uh, the national fantasy baseball championship but personally this is what i've started with craig uh, do you yourself play in any head-to-head points leagues and, and do you like them you know i played last year in uh in a couple of them I- i'm okay with them frank but you know in general yeah I-, I don't know that there's as much skill in the in those as some of the other ones am i off on that tell me tell me why i'm not I don't know that you're technically off on that. I mean, I think it's definitely more skill-based putting together uh, a balanced rotisserie roster. And the best team in a Roto League is going to win. So if that's what you want to test, that, that is, if that is your truest test of skill from a fantasy baseball perspective, I, I would say that you should play in a Roto League, just being able to uh, put together that balance. Because uh, I think the best team often does win in a Roto League. In a head-to-head league, you know, crazy things are going to happen. We see it in fantasy football all the time. Oh, I was the top seed. I got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Now we have to change the playoff format in fantasy football as well. No, you don't need to do that. This is just the game that it is. It's There's going to be luck involved when you play in any type of head-to-head format. So, uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. It's probably um, the truer test of putting together a balanced team is in Roto, in my opinion. My, my second favorite format is, again, head-to-head points, 12-team, but auction style, right? You can get any player you want. You don't have to worry about, oh, well, I draft this at this point in the first round, so I have to kind of plan out my draft according to that. No, 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 no. You can plan out your auction however you want. 
You can have five first-round picks on your team. You could do studs. You could do duds. You can go with uh, with a middle-round player approach if that's what you wanted to. Hey, I'm not going to spend more than $25 on any single player on my team this upcoming season. There are all different types of strategies, all of which can be viable. And again, uh, I have a, a keeper league that is a 12-team head-to-head points league as well. Um, Craig, did you want me to kind of just like list out all five of mine here, or do you want to go back and forth? I didn't, I didn't really know. I should have asked you before. Yeah, yeah, just go, yeah, 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 go ahead. Give me your top five, and then I'll give you mine. All right, so my third one is a mixed league 15-team Roto Snake Draft, which is basically what the NFBC main event is there. Um, I like how deep those drafts go. I, I like being able to test myself there. Uh, I, I, I'm not just... Okay, I like head-to-head points, and that's it. I do like both formats. I like points a little bit more because that's what I came up with. That's what I played first. That's what that's how I learned the game of fantasy baseball. But I do understand why people like rotisserie as much as they do uh, the competition that is involved as well. Mixed League Auction, 15-team Roto. So it's basically the same thing. Again, 15 teams, rotisserie. Uh, but again, you can plan out the entire what you want your team to look like even before the auction even starts. So I like the ability to do that. Uh, And then I'll kind of round it out here with a mixed league 12-team Roto Snake Draft. Notice, Craig, I don't have any mono leagues, any AL only, NL only. No. I have a feeling you like a few of those yourself. Yeah, you know, I love the competition in those, and I love those deep dives into those players, and I think that that's why... If you play in those and start off there and then you move over to the mixed league pool, um, you could really educate yourself a lot more. Not you personally, just everybody in general. You get a better idea for the players that are in the league and who is valuable there. Um, yeah, I've been in the Tout Wars NL only auction now for um, for four years. I've got to be out this year, unfortunately, because I can't make it to New York, but that is my favorite. Um, I am in an NL only 5 by 5 uh, snake draft, maybe Frank, you want to join us in this. I think we had a dropout um, in the league this year, so maybe you want to join the league. We, you're, uh, we have one spot. I'll leave it open for you if you like. If you want, then we can talk about that. Mixed league auction, fifteen teams. Where I would go next, head to head points after that, and then I would move on to the America League after that. So uh, maybe we can convince uh, Frank to join. Have you ever done an NL only or AL only, Frank, or no? Yeah, I have played an NL only, AL only. I believe I only did a snake. I'm not sure I've ever done an auction for an NL or AL only, but I have done a snake draft. I think the one or two times that I did it, I I was competitive, but I don't think that I won either of them. They're definitely a different beast, man. I mean, you're looking at players that might play once, twice a week, maybe three times at that to fill out your corner infield spots, uh, your your fourth, fifth outfielder spots, your utility spots as well. So it definitely is a test of knowledge. If that's what you want, in your fantasy baseball experience, you really want to test yourself and go deep, then I would say jump into one of those AL or NL only leagues. And I do appreciate the invite, Craig, but I think I'm going to respectfully decline. As you know, I've already got like 15 leagues, so uh, I've got a lot on my hands here. Listen, I... I ne- no, no, no. I, I, that, that's the one thing that I never begrudge anybody for. Uh, too many leagues. I, I, get, I get invited to a million, and I have to decline a lot, too. I get it. But, Frank, if you want to step up with the big boys and throw a few hundred bucks in, that's what we're about. All right, coming up next, it is time for us to get back to the NFBC's uh, top value in the much, much later rounds. We'll do that next. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you as we got you until 1 o'clock Eastern. So thanks for listening to our show today as we continue the discussion. And, um, Frank, did you sort out the Valentine's Day? Did you sort this out for tomorrow? Like, you're, you're, you're with me tomorrow. You're doing this show. Your, your love fest can wait until the afternoon. You're good? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to pull any Florida men. Uh, not just going to be waiting in the bed. I might save that for later on at night. But during the day, I will be here with you for sure, 100%, Craig, ready to talk fantasy baseball. What, are the, what, what plans do you have? I know that you're celebrating your anniversary. You also have Valentine's Day. It's yes. a busy time of year for you between the Marlins and kind of balancing the love oh. life as well. You got, you, got a, you got a lot on your plate here, Craig. Oh, and then Little League, we had practice yesterday. We had practice Tuesday. We had practice Saturday. And then... Um, you know, maybe going back to spring training Sunday and back on Monday. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on for sure. I think that a uh, nice dinner tomorrow night. I think we'll do the trick, and then we'll see what happens for the rest of the weekend. But yeah, I'll be right back here tomorrow. We'll definitely have some sort of love theme segment. I'm guessing for uh, for Valentine's Day. Hopefully, Sean has some big plans for Valentine's Day as well. I don't know what what Sean. Nothing, Sean. No, no, not even a. Not even no. a date of any kind? Like, I'll be hanging out here working until 4.30 and sadly nothing doing at night. You're just you're still single and ready to mingle? Nothing. There's nothing on the market? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm ready to mingle, yeah. I haven't mingled in a long time. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a bad streak right now. I'm on a losing streak wow. right now. Yep. You are. You're, on, you're in a slump. You need a slump buster, exactly. right? Exactly, yep. <laughs> All right, well, well you know, hopefully you can get that worked out. You know, there's a lot. Listen, there's a lot of uh, you know good people at sports grid. Yet they ha- don't they have like a a friend of a friend of someone <laughs> yeah, right. that could help out. Yeah, we, we just set up a Gabe, sports grid Tinder, Gabe, you know, for guys like Sean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Isn't Gabe rolling in women? That's what I heard. I don't know. Frank, you can take no that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Either there was a delay or it's a Gabe's no. I'm life. not sure which one. <laughs> Okay, a, d- a delay or a no I got there. I don't know. Ranieri's rolling in it. I know that. But, okay. All right. Uh, all right, back on track. Uh, NFBC 800 to 900 fantasy value potential. I'll get the ball rolling. For those of you who've been listening to the show all week long, what we do is we try and find these real diamonds in the rough here and see if we can find someone that's taken in a handful of fantasy drafts that can help you in 2020. I'll start off with the St. Louis Cardinals. Nolan Gorman, who's sitting at uh, ADP 852. You may remember him as being the Cardinals' offensive top prospect. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Carlson in the outfield, Gorman at third base. Uh, The issue with Gorman, not really uh, ready yet. Still probably think he needs a little bit more seasoning at the double-A or triple-A level. But I would tell you if you're playing in a deeper league, uh, everyone expects the Cardinals to do something. And I think that's part of why the value isn't there uh, will they get Arenado? Will they get Chris Bryant? Maybe Matt Carpenter gets back to who he was two years ago, and that's kind of holding him back. Gorman is going to be great, I, and I think 2021, Frank, this kid is going to be a stud. 
I just don't know that 2020 is the season, so he may be left for like an August or September type deal. And the one thing in fantasy that you got to remember above all that's changed significantly this year is the idea that you could just keep calling guys up in September. They're limiting it to 28 players. So those, quote, September call-ups are going to be few and far between. So any interest in Nolan Gorman for you, Frank, this year? I think you're right that it's probably a 2021 name to pay attention to. Remember, he's only 19 years old. He'll turn 20 in May this year. But former first-round pick of the St. Louis Cardinals, I think it's a really good point that you bring up, right? People are assuming that you might get these September call-ups. They're no longer expanding the rosters to 40 in September. They're only going up to 28. So they're going from 26 to 28 in September. So I think that's a really good point. Again, Gorman, maybe someone you look at in a keeper league, a dynasty league for 2021. But uh, I don't think he's going to have much of an impact this upcoming season, Craig Mish. My first player that I'm looking at here is Edwin Rios of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's been taken in 37 drafts with an ADP of 812 right now, and we saw him come up in September last year for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Plays a little third base, plays a little first base. He had 277 last year, four home runs, 10 runs scored, eight RBIs in September with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and he's someone who absolutely dominated at the AAA level as well last year. He had 270 with 31 bombs, 91 RBIs, and an OPS of 915 at the AAA level. Uh, he spent about three seasons now in AAA. Kind of reminds you of a quad-A player, right? Like, if he's been in AAA for that long, how come he hasn't been given an opportunity? But we've seen players like that kind of come up and have uh, make the most of their opportunity. Christian Walker is someone of the Arizona Diamondbacks who comes to mind from last season as well. So it probably takes an injury or two to the Los Angeles Dodgers, but uh, based on what we saw last year, Edwin Rios dominated the minors and played well in September in the majors. He's, uh, he's a name that I'm paying attention to here, Craig. Have you heard anything about Edwin Rios? Yeah, and I think that if Jock Peterson is moved, um, I, I think that there's some value there. You know, it, it, you know they got rid of Garlic, right? So he's gone. Um, you know, they, Matt Beatty, he's still kind of in the mix. The Dodgers like have all these really, uh, you know, five letter short name dudes that you never heard of, and they just come up and hit for a while, and they send them back down. They're just kind of like, you know, reshuffling these guys all the time. Um, he could be something. I, I don't disagree with that. He he's going to need some movement. You know, he he's going to need some guys moved out, Frank, in order to play. But when you're talking about draft and hold type leagues, this is the perfect kind of guy to draft and then hope for the best. Um, I'll go uh, Alex Jackson with my second one. NFBC 879. Uh, he's been taking an 18 draft so far. I'll use him as the only catcher. And look, I, I think Jackson may end up being more of a defensive guy than offensive. Travis Darno, uh, of course, was you know the, the one guy that the Braves were really looking at in terms of that position. He's more of a backup, I think. But again, if you're playing in a two-catcher league, Frank, then that's the way to go. By the way, there's some debate in this uh, labor auction that's coming up here. We're taking a vote on two catchers or one catcher. Are you a two-catcher guy or a one-catcher guy? Because I am at the point where... I don't want to have any part of the 22nd best catcher in fantasy. Yeah, I don't mind two catchers in a, a 12 or 15 team roto, but if you play in any AL only or NL only, you should only have one catcher there. 
because, I mean, if you're going with two catchers in a mono league, then not everyone's going to have a starting catcher. So that's just that's pretty crazy to me. So I don't mind it in a 12-team roto, 15-team roto. That means everybody can at least have a starting catcher in baseball. But when it comes to an AL-only or an NL-only league, uh, I do think that you should be going with uh, only one catcher. If you're playing a head-to-head league as well, you probably should only go with one catcher. But catcher's kind of similar to tight end, right, in fantasy football. Like, we don't play with two tight ends, so why do we play with two catchers? Totally Greg? agree. Totally agree. Totally agree. It makes no sense whatsoever. And and you know what? That's interesting because the argument that was brought up is that the kicker position in fantasy, and I wanted to go crazy and respond with tight end. I think that's the exact analogy that I would have used for sure. All right, give me your second guy here. All right, my second guy is Lou Trevino of the Oakland Athletics. He's been taken in 10 drafts so far. He's got an ADP of 844. And while Liam Hendricks was great last year for the Oakland A's, yeah, you know, we saw just a year before that Blake Trinan was great for the Oakland A's as well. Uh, and Liam Hendricks really did things last year that, you know, he never really has done before. And, look, he's being drafted very high this year. And I understand that the Oakland A's are going to be a very competitive team this upcoming season. But we have seen Lou Trevino put together great seasons in the past. In 2018, nearly 10 Ks per nine. 2.92 ERA, 114 whip as well. So I think he's going to be a part of this rotation. And if anything were to happen, if he can get back to that 2018 form, and if Liam Hendricks struggles, maybe you see someone like Lou Torino come in here uh, and get a handful of save opportunities for the Oakland A's. So everyone's trying to find saves. We're all trying to speculate on relievers. Lou Torino is the name that I'm looking at because I have seen him dominate in the past, Craig. Yeah, and they don't have a lot of great options behind him, and I think that's part of the equation. Whenever you're looking at trying to scarf uh, you know, these backup closers, I think you have to factor that in. Um, so I do think that that's a great uh, point on your part. I would have to make the assumption in order for him to have fantasy value that, that, uh, that he would have to go down, that Hendricks would have to go down, but it's not impossible. I mean, closers are very fickle, and that's part of fantasy is trying to figure out who will lose their job. Speaking of which, has anybody ever heard of Tim Hill? Would you believe that this guy has pitched over 100 games for the Kansas City Royals in the last two years with an ERA around four? He's been taken in 13 fantasy drafts. He's not the closer. He's not the backup closer. And I'm not even sure that he's the third guy in line for saves. But if they trade the first two, Frank, I think he's got a shot. So very similar to your Trevino pick, uh, I'm going to go with Tim Hill, who I think that could, if they ended up making a trade, factors into the save equation. Although if I had to put a saves number for the season, I would put the total at about two and a half. That's it. Yeah, and I don't mind that. To, uh, that that pick of Tim Hill here last year, three six three ERA, one eleven WHIP, uh, almost a strikeout per inning as well. He's more of a lefty specialist. I don't know how many of those we're going to see this upcoming season. Now with the rule change coming in, that you have to face three batters in the MLB, but. Tim Hill is someone that pitched well last year, and you're right. Look, if they look to ship out a guy like Ian Kennedy, uh, he could have a role this upcoming season. Let's stick with the Kansas City Royals, and I'm going to go with Jackson Cower of the Royals. 18, he's been taken in 18 drafts. He's got an ADP of 857 in the NFBC right now. And in his minor league career, he's made 35 starts. He's got a 3.50 ERA. He's got a 1-2-3 whip. 
166 strikeouts and 174 and two-thirds innings pitch. So you want to see better strikeouts than that. But a former first-round pick is Jackson Cower. Uh, and we speculated the other day on Chance Adams, right? This is not a great Kansas City Royals starting rotation. So you might see a bunch of different guys get opportunities throughout the year for the Royals. And, Craig, I know you don't like to pat yourself on the back, but I do have to bring up the question. Chance Adams has moved up to ADP 893. Did we single-handedly move that ADP? I think we did. I think our show, we moved him up 100. That's crazy. (laughs) Wow. That's since, like, last week. But, yeah, Cower's another good name. Uh, Very familiar with him, of course, because he played at the University of Florida. So he's a Gator, so I know exactly who he is. Um, You know, maybe not a bad midseason call-up. I don't think he's going to strike out a ton of guys. But I think an excellent name to consider when it comes to the Royals. They are all about this young pitching that they have in the minor leagues. Brady Singer as well. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today in an interview with the closer of the Marlins after this. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish with you here on the show. We got you up till 1 o'clock Eastern. My co-host Frank Stample already for the beautiful holiday that is uh, Valentine's Day. That's coming tomorrow, so we'll have to spread some love around the Sports Grid studios and try and find Sean a date. My gosh, I didn't think we'd have to solicit that. What do you mean? you got to celebrate with somebody on Valentine's Day, not just pizza. Beer? That's pretty good. I mean that's somewhat acceptable. Sports. How about how about uh, how about Greg Sussman and his lovely wife invite you out just like as a, as a uh, extra wheel? No, <laughs> yeah, right. That'd be lovely. Yes. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. I'm trying to come up with uh, uh, somebody else here for you. So uh, Pharrell, maybe you go you know, dinner with Pharrell. He's married. No, Pharrell, can't not, that. I can't. That can't yeah, I'm, I'm running nah. out of options here. No, there are, there are no good options here. No good options. I'm sorry. All right. Well, we'll we'll have to we'll have to figure it out for you, Sean. I'm sorry. I appreciate okay. that. Okay. Um, no, no, I'm always here for you, Sean. You know that. Okay. Uh, let Let's get into an interview that I conducted yesterday, and we'll, you know we're going to get around to all of the parks here, of course. But uh, for now, it's been a lot of Miami stuff, so I apologize for that. But we'll continue with our conversation. Uh, potential closer for the Miami Marlins is Brandon Kinsler. He, of course, came over about a month ago into the deep offseason to pitch the ninth inning for Miami. And I spoke to him yesterday at Marlins camp about the decision to sign with the Marlins. And toward the interview, end of the interview, you'll hear what a big fantasy football guy he is and how many saves he promised to deliver for his fantasy owners this year. Can you walk me through the process of kind of how it came that you decided to sign with the Marlins? Um, obviously, as we're getting late in January and we're starting to talk to a lot of teams, it was heating up. And then uh, for me, I was just looking to see who really wanted me. Um, I think that's what, at my age, you want to feel wanted. Especially in my career, you feel like sometimes you're just not appreciated. Obviously, I think I perform well, and sometimes you don't feel appreciated. So if you get a team that really wants you, you know, you want to go to battle for those guys. And 
you know, Michael Hill said some good things. I, their plan seems really good around here. I like what they're doing. They didn't throw a bunch of uh, analytic numbers at me. You know, they just want, they like what I do. They want me to compete and uh, just actually lead by example. So I was at my set point in my career. That's what I look forward to that challenge, to helping this team go to the next level. One of the opportunities that you do have here is potentially to pitch in high leverage situations, which you flourished with over the last few years with Chicago and Washington and some other clubs. Was that part of the decision-making process at all, knowing that you could potentially have that opportunity? Uh, no, I mean, I always feel like any team I go to, I'll, if I don't start in high level, I'll always work my way to high, levels, high leverage situations. Um, but the fact that the opportunity is here, that's, that's nice, but I don't think that was a make or break for me. That didn't really matter to me. I just felt like... It was just a good situation to come help a team go to the next level, and they really wanted me. So, On the flip side of that, there would be some that would say, why Miami? Because in the situation that the Marlins are in, while there are some people who feel like the team will be very improved, not many people feel like the Marlins are winning a World Series or winning a division this year at this stage of your career. Any kind of consideration among some other teams that were winning, and how did that get swayed back to Miami? Um, I felt like this team, looking at the talent, when I played against them the last two or three years, you always felt like, man, these guys are really talented. They always make a few mistakes. So you feel like they're a little inexperienced. But now they got these guys are getting experience under their belts. I remember in 2016, I mean, Twins were the worst team in baseball, and then the next year we're in first place for half the year. I think it's just a mental switch that you make, knowing that you can do it up here. Um, once you learn how to win some games, I mean, these guys have plenty of talent, so it's not like they're not talented. It's just a matter of mentally making that switch, thinking I can't compete up here. And you win a few games in April, who knows what happens when a team that's this talented you know, gets hot. Closing is always something that comes into mind when somebody at your stage is brought in. You have the most experience and the skipper said it of anybody basically who is on the club at this point. Is that something that you want going into the season? Do you want the ninth inning? Uh, I think any reliever wants the ninth inning. Any, if they're, they say they don't, then they're probably lying. I think I, think I flourished in that. Obviously, I was an all-star doing that. Um, I just love uh, helping the team win and then really competing against teams that I felt like, you know, I would love to beat. So I feel like that situation was a great opportunity for me here. So, you know, I mean, yeah, why wouldn't I? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Baseball's kind of funny. You pitched in the All-Star game in Miami right. in 2017. So when you ended up telling your family that that was going to be the place that you're going to end up going, what was their reaction? Uh, my wife was like, wow, that's really far. <laughs> but I've, obviously it's tougher for the wives and kids than anybody, but uh, she knows that I've had some great uh, memories in that stadium. Obviously with the All-Star game, me and my, I had only had one kid at the time, so we had a great memory there. Uh, when I got traded to the Nats, my first outing was there. My first outing after elbow surgery in 2012 was there. I just, I'm really comfortable in that stadium, and every time I walk in, I always think of those memories, so hopefully we can create some more. As far as the pitching coach that is here, uh, Mel Stottlemyre Jr., what kind of conversations have you, have you had with him and kind of what has he told you the plan will be as we move toward the spring games? Uh, we've had some great uh, conversations. We've pr talked a few times, you know, just about, you know, obviously the young kids here, what he would like to see from them. And then we just talk about differences of, you know, preparation and routine. And uh, for me, he just says, you know, we'll lay it out, see you know how you want to how I want to go this spring I know I like to act like I have a normal spring I don't like to take a lot of time off because I feel like I get out of rhythm and then pitching wise he's just all about I mean he's all about what I do and that's all I can ask for from a pitching coach obviously he'll have to watch me making sure I don't get out of whack but as far as my plan wise I feel like we're on the same page last thing on the Marlins uh, the CEO of the team is Derek Jeter so obviously there's familiarity with that you've had a long career you've had a chance to see him play 
uh, it must be a little bit unique knowing that a, a player that used to play against is now the owner of the team. Yeah, definitely. It is. I've uh, seen him a few times. I haven't officially met him yet, but I have faced him once, and uh, I think it was his last at bat in Milwaukee. So how did that go? Uh, he he grounded out. <laughs> we won't let him know. That. <laughs> yeah, I got. A, he was nice enough to sign a jersey and a rookie card after that game. So, and I have the picture of me facing him. I won't rub it in his face too much, but I, he's the Hall of Famer is 0 for 1 off me. <laughs> but it is weird. I mean. Obviously, I've been I've, I've had Craig Council, who was my teammate, then he was my manager. So it is kind of weird to see that now the guy's the owner. That just shows, I mean, what he's done in his life, and it's amazing stuff. But he uh, he has a good message. Obviously, coming from the Yankees of winning, and you got to listen to his message. I think it's a great learning experience for me. On hopefully, I can stick around longer in this game because obviously, winning is what everybody wants to do. So if I can help younger kids help them win. You know, it helps me out too. All right, this is kind of completely off the beaten path. Are you a fantasy football guy? Oh, big time. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, big time. all right. So, what was your, how was your season this past year in fantasy? Because that's kind of what I'm known okay, for. My, I had a good season. I won the Cubs league, and I took second in my own league. Uh, Derek Henry really let me down by not playing week 16, and DJ Moore getting knocked out in the first play of the game really killed my chances. So, uh, and Hopkins not having a good game either. So, but other than that, I just, the Cubs league though domination. So. Salt and Pepper. It was me and Steve Ciszek, we were partners. So Salt and Pepper, we call their team. So it was, it was a good year. And uh, finally, along those lines, there are some people in baseball that will uh, ask me, uh, should I draft Brandon Kinsler because there's a chance that he's going to be the closer? Just explain how it works. If you don't know, saves are a pretty significant category oh, in these leagues. Yeah, very similar to how touchdowns would be. Oh, okay. It's kind of split around. So. Let's kind of ask you in your mind, how many saves can you expect to get for your owners this year in fantasy? Uh, 40 plus. That's a big number. Yeah, I had 20, what did I have, 29 and one half. I actually had 25 at the break last time, and I didn't, I didn't get any opportunities after that. Obviously, I got traded. So as long as we're winning, I feel like I can get 40 plus. <laughs> All right, big, big number there, Frank. 40 plus saves for Brandon Kinsler in 2020. What do you make of that? I'm all for it, considering I just drafted him in one of my NFBC leagues as my second closer. I think ideally you'd probably want Brandon Kinsler as your third closer. Uh, but look, you said it exactly right when you were interviewing him. It's tough to find saves right now. 40, probably going to be a lofty goal, but can he get 20? 25, there's still a chance that he could get, I guess, shipped out uh, around the trade deadline if the team is not competing. But based on everything that he said in that interview, he really likes the Marlins' chance of, you know, improving this year. And then, of course, you know, if they get off to a hot start, you never know what can happen. But, uh, yeah, 40 saves, look, I'll welcome it. Uh, and looking what, at what he did last year, 268 ERA, 104 whip. Uh, and I really noticed he, he did have a pitch mix change. He started using his changeup more than in years past. 17% on the change last year. He's not a traditional closer, doesn't get a lot of swinging strikes, doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, but he does have that heavy sinker approach. Kind of reminds me of a Zach Britton, but uh, obviously from the right-handed side here. Uh, I like uh, I like Brandon Kinsler here as maybe your second, third closer in a rotisserie draft this upcoming season. Yeah, and the, and the thing is it's you know somewhat about the skill set, but saves are so much more about opportunity. and And sometimes that's what makes the closers look great because they just get these saves and they're racking up all these saves and some of the advanced metric numbers don't look great, but you just look at that one category because that's what we're chasing in fantasy. And sometimes the reason to that is because the offense of the team that they're playing on isn't very good. And even though the team is only winning 60 or 70 games, 
they're playing in so many of these one-run games because the offense can't produce that it forces them into these situations where they're picking up these saves in the ninth inning. And I think that that potentially could be something like Kinsler. Take a look at the guys on the teams that are only winning 60, 70 games. There's a reason for that. A lot of times that because they don't have offense. A team like Pittsburgh is a great example of that. Kansas City, another example of that. If there's a halfway decent skill set, you can probably draft a closer on one of those teams and still scratch out 20 to 30 saves. Certainly a possibility. Okay, quick timeout here on Fantasy Sports Today. That's where we're at. When we come back next, we've got, of course, ending the show on exit velocity. But before we do that, how about trying to predict wins from your fantasy pitchers in 2020? That's got to be tough. But believe it or not, the Westgate is taking money on these. So we're going to dive into some of these bottom tier options in fantasy and see if we can get someone that Vegas has as a seven and a half or eight win or even nine win guy. See if we can get them to go over that number. We'll find out next. Frank Stample, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today. Right back. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you. We'll cap off our week tomorrow on the show, 11 to 1 Eastern, and then we'll uh, send the fantasy baseball off into the weekend. Any weekend shows for you, Frank, coming up, or do you have the weekend off? I do not have any weekend shows as of now I guess that can change between uh, now and the weekend of course we still have time here uh, but as of now I've got nothing planned for the weekend in terms of shows uh, how about you what do you got going up uh, coming up for the weekend okay so uh, good question so uh, we got Little League Saturday morning at 9 we got to get we got to knock that out 9 to about 10:30 uh, practice um, then my son uh, and my daughter one has ballet hip-hop class the other one has tennis uh, we'll ride that off into the sunset Saturday night, and I think Sunday morning I'm going to take my son up to uh, spring training to watch the Marlins and Cardinals. So I think that's uh, that's the plan. So that's a that's a, that's a non-work day, and then unfortunately on Monday you will have to sort out this show again because it is the for, first uh, full squad workout. So of course Derek Jeter talks for the first time since he's been in the Hall of Fame, and we do all that fun stuff. But I will I I need to add something to the show here today before we end. Because uh, I saw that you posted something last night, and I apologize that I didn't talk about it sooner, that you are in Tout Wars this year for the first time, and I see that you're in the head-to-head points league. Am I right by that? Head-to-head? Is that the the final draft of the weekend, the 2 o'clock Eastern draft on Sunday? Is that correct? 
Yeah, that's correct. It's going to be Sunday, that final Sunday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a 12-team head-to-head points auction, uh, an absolutely stacked group. And you could say that pretty much about all the leagues that we have. But I'll be auctioning against Ian Kahn two times in a matter of four days. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I know uh, Nick Pollock of PitcherList, we've had him on the BFS before. He's also joining that league. Uh, and just a, a, a bunch of other great competitors. Clay Link is in there. Paul Sporer is in there as well. So I'm looking forward to it and as you noticed on Twitter I had to get a little emotional here Craig because uh, you know this is something that I've wanted for a pretty long time you know going back to my days in college going out there watching guys like Nando DeFino, Scott Engel, uh, guys that really gave me an opportunity early in this industry just watching them compete in Tout Wars and now to be able to compete myself it's it's something that I've wanted to do for a really long time so uh, I'm pretty excited for it Craig. Well I'm, uh, listen I, I really it, it does pain me to not be able to be there for you there on that Sunday because normally I'm in the NL, um, you know, on that, on that Sunday morning. But it's like two months ago, uh, maybe even more than that, maybe three months ago, my wife says, you know, uh, I, we've known about this for a long time, but her brother's uh, young son is getting bar mitzvahed. And she says, I don't think it'll be any issue. You'll just, you know, probably miss a, a few spring training games or whatever. But it's the weekend of the second weekend of March. And I said, oh, man, like, I, like that's going to be what Tout Wars is. So a couple of things happen. The first thing is, is I tried to book a flight on Saturday night before the Sunday morning Tout Wars at like 11 o'clock p.m. out of Fort Lauderdale or even Miami to get to New York. And I looked, there are no, it's not just that there were no available flights. They don't fly late into New York, period. I looked at every day. There's no, like, late flight. So I reached out to Tout Wars. I'm like, is there any way we could do the draft later in the day, switch things up? You know, I, I wouldn't expect you to do that for me, but it's just, you know, and they were like, no, we can't do anything. So the league that you're in was actually the option for the league for me to be into, and that would have been fun. But Frank, I gotta tell you, the up and back stuff with New York is just—it just ain't gonna happen. So I had to bow out. And so you and I will both be in Tout Wars, but you'll be in a live auction, and I'll be in a draft and hold. That's the only scenario that I could possibly play myself into this year. So we're both in. We'll both be able to talk about different leagues this year. Let's go, Craig. Tout Wars, tag team champs. You take down the draft and hold. I'll try my best to take down the head-to-head points auction as well. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm also competing in the main event in the NFBC earlier that morning at 10 a.m. I'm going to compete in the main event the day before. Uh, And as I mentioned, I have a 15-team auction that Thursday night. So Thursday auction, Saturday draft, Sunday draft, and then Sunday auction, man. Uh, Look, that Monday after when we're, we're doing a show here, if I fall asleep on air, please don't blame me. Okay, we'll we'll uh, we'll give you a pass on that. All right. Uh, so as we wrap up, let's go through some uh, win totals for major league pitchers. Win totals for major league pitchers in 2020. Now this is the hardest thing to do, I think, of all of the props that they have posted at the Westgate because trying to predict how many wins a guy is going to have is almost impossible. But there's a couple that I like a lot. Let's get started with uh, some one one player at nine and a half, and then we'll do some seven and a halfs, and then maybe we'll get to a six and a half. Uh, Robbie Ray of the Diamondbacks, his total at the Westgate, Frank, is nine and a half wins on the season. Do you like the over or under on this one? 
I probably would lean with the over, but if it were me and my own money, uh, I would not touch this one. This would be a stay away for me when it comes to Robbie Ray. There's a lot of volatility here. He has gone over this number in two of the last three years. 12 wins last year, 15 wins back in 2017. The Arizona Diamondbacks are expected to be competitive for at least a wild card spot this upcoming season, but he's dealt with a lot of injuries the past couple of years. You know, I'd probably look to Robbie Ray for a strikeout prop if that's available, but in terms of wins, you mentioned how hard they are to predict. If I'm betting on someone to get wins. I want someone who I know is going to be healthy, at least. And for me, that's tough to predict, especially when it comes to Robbie Ray this upcoming season. So I would lean with over, but if it's my money, I'm staying away from this one, Craig. Yeah, 33 starts last year, so fully healthy, but 24 the year before that, 28 the year before that. And, uh, yeah, I'd probably lean under on this one because of that injury factor. I think I would lean under and, and maybe say eight or nine wins. Um, on his own team, Zach Gallen, his win total is seven and a half. Boy, I like the over here, Frank. I mean, come on, seven and a half wins? Like, this one is staring at me. What am I missing here? Only seven and a half wins for this guy? You got to hammer the over right now. You got to hammer this over, Craig, because seven and a half wins, I agree completely. I think that Zach Gallen, and I don't think this is a stretch to say, I think he can have a Chris Paddock type impact this upcoming season. Legit four pitch mix. I like the underlying skills. We spoke about him last week as well. I like what I saw from him in terms of the swing and miss that went up last year when he got moved over to the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're expected to be competitive. Again, they should have decent run support uh, behind him as well. Yeah, I think this number is so low because they're probably just, you know, wondering whether or not he's even going to be in the rotation. We've seen the reports about how he's going to have to compete Come for on. that fifth That's spot nonsense. in the rotation. But, yeah, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I think he's going to be in there. And it wouldn't surprise me if he has a Chris Paddock-esque impact for the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, this upcoming season. Give me the over. You have to hammer that over. Seven, seven and a half wins for Zach Gallon this upcoming season, Craig. Yeah, I'm going to bet that. Yeah, I'm going to bet that before. I mean, you can't. I don't think that you can bet thousands on these props, but I'm going to bet something for sure on Gallon. Uh, Jose Urquidy on the uh, Houston Astros. His win total is 7.5. Houston has done a great job with a lot of their pitchers. They turned Wade Miley into a thing. You know, they, they turned guys into pitchers. I, I just don't believe in the skill set of this guy. I'm going under 7.5 wins here. I probably would go under as well just because I don't know what his role is necessarily going to be. As of now, they say he's going to be in the rotation. Is he going to remain in the rotation? If Forrest Whitley is pitching well in the minor leagues, does he get an opportunity to join the rotation there with the Houston Astros as well? We brought up the possibility earlier in the show of them potentially trading for a starting pitcher, which I think is still on the table for the Houston Astros. So he pitched well in the postseason. He pitched really well in the minor leagues uh, last year in terms of strikeouts and limiting walks but you have to see that translate to the major league level as well. Uh, so I would probably lean the under. This is just a, such a low number here, Craig, where you know if he does get the opportunity to make 20, 20, 25 starts this year with that offense on that team, he probably will easily go over this number, but with so much uh, kind of unknown when it comes to Jose Urquidy this upcoming season, I'm with you. I would probably lean with the under here. All right, the uh, the Dodgers moved Kenta Maeda out of the rotation. There are some that assume that Dustin May, that puts him in a position to make 20 starts. But even with the Maeda deal, uh, they brought back Stripling. So I think May is still maybe on the outside looking in. His total is also 7.5. Uh, would be another lean toward an under for me here, Frank. 
Yeah, I agree with that one as well. And Dustin May, I like the nickname they've given him, Ginger Guard. He has the long locks like Noah Syndergaard uh, right. used to have. I know Syndergaard more so has a ponytail nowadays. Uh, but I love those those luscious red locks of Dustin May. And I like what I saw from him last year as well. The problem is, again, this is what the Dodgers like to do. They like to have starting pitching depth. And they brought in a bunch of pitchers as well. Jimmy Nelson they brought in. They brought back Alex Wood. They uh, they still have Ross Stripling. They ended up not trading him away. Julio Urias is in the mix. Dustin Dustin May has upside, and I think he's someone long-term that will either be really good for the Dodgers or he could potentially be traded away and be good for another team. I like what I saw from him last year, but there's too much unknown, uh, much like Urquidy. I think there's even more unknown when it comes to Dustin May. I have to lean with the under here as well, Craig. All right, let's uh, cap off our show as we always do with a little exit velocity. I feel the need. Velocity. Nice velocity. Well, you could look at it one of two ways. It's the story that keeps on giving or the story that won't go away. Of course, it is the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal. And today we had the opportunity to hear from a lot of the participants in terms of players, in terms of coaches, and, of course, in terms of owners. I will say this, uh, good job by Carlos Correa. At the very least, there's one guy in the organization that's willing to come clean with it. But it just goes to show you all the smack talking that a lot of these guys do in sports. They only do it when it serves their own purpose. And I think that the one guy that I'm looking at in this particular situation is Justin Verlander. The amount of smack that this guy has talked over the last decade or two about different issues in the game. And then once it affects him... He's quiet in the situation. I understand there's money involved. There's lawsuits involved. There's simply some things that you can't say. But uh, Houston's got to continue to do a better job of repairing their relationship and repairing it with the baseball fans around the country, not just the ones that are in Houston. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to uh, Sean Guastamacchia for producing today. For my co-host Frank Stamfel, I'm Craig Mish. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Hope you guys have a great Thursday night, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash dunk to learn more.